It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black, and this uh, episode is going to feature Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Welcome to the show, Brian. Good morning, Brian. We've been doing this for quite some time on Monday morning. Did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend, and uh, uh, my wife was out of town for... Some time and Are those she two related? Uh, no, <laughs> it was good that she returned home. Excellent, excellent. I went to see the, uh, took the kids to go see the uh, Glow Show, the uh, balloon show at Ooh. the Southern Hills Hospital, and it was really cool. You know, at sunset they yeah, they fire nice up show. the balloons, and you it was bet. really nice, really really nice. Big Halloweeny kind of festival with carnival rides that I didn't pay for and stuff like that. So all the, we just walked them right through the kids. We took them right through and said, nope, nope, we're not getting any cotton candy. We're here to see the balloons. They didn't like that too much. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about estate planning today. Uh, much much of your business is in the realm of estate planning. Is that correct? That is correct. And over the last couple of months, we talked a lot about different areas of estate planning. And and uh, oftentimes, people will have questions after a show. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind the audience that if they have any questions about some of the shows that we have presented in the past, this today would be a great day for them to give me a call and Ask you, those questions. If you do have a question, give us a call today at 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. Uh, well, if you could give us just a brief summary, what it, what it is that you do. So somebody comes to your office, they make an appointment, they call you up, they walk in the door, and they're interested in planning their estate, they're interested in drafting a will. What is it that happens at that point? We generally find out why they're coming in. They think that they're, they want to do estate planning. They don't know sometimes what estate planning is. Estate planning could be basically organizing their assets in such a way that it'll pass uh, outside of probate. It may mean doing a will so that it would have to be administered upon their death. It may mean doing a trust so that they can organize their assets in such a way that it can go for many years even after their death and be passed on to those who who need the, or they want to pass those assets on to. And if I'm not mistaken, this could also include a living will. It includes a living will. A living will is the document that says that if they get to the point in their life that they are in the process of dying or they no longer have any uh, hope for a meaningful life. Right. And the only way that they're going to be able to continue life is through artificial means being hooked up to various devices that will keep them literally alive, but not really alive. So a living will is the document that says, please don't, don't plug me in. If I'm in the process of dying, let me die naturally. Don't keep me artificially alive. And so your job basically is to, to draw up the documents, to make the preparations in a way that will pass legal muster. That if, is if, if it ever comes down to a, a contest over what your wish, a person's wishes are in the event of their, their death or their near death, correct? Correct. And most of the time, people don't leave some intent behind. Mm-hmm. And, and that intent has to be put together in such a way that people will know that it is their intent and there's not some fraud being perpetrated against future uh, beneficiaries. So 
you want to do it legally so that what happens after you die or after you become incapacitated mm-hmm. will continue. Your intent will will be carried out. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a healthy, I, I guess I should say middle-aged at this point. I'm 45 years old. I'm healthy. I don't have any problems. Uh, can I put this off? You can put it, put it off until you become incapacitated or die. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when that's going to happen. Right. You may be in an automobile accident today, and I'm not suggesting that uh, that's wood. going to happen, yeah. but you could have a stroke. You could be hit o- over the head with a golf ball. Right. Go to the ball game and get a baseball uh, hit in the head. Now you don't have capacity or, or, you, or you die or something happens, and you cannot now express your intent. So... You need to plan before that happens. And so you should do it as soon as you can. So if you have something or someone to take care of, then you need to take care of them in advance before you're unable to do so. That's pretty much the entire basis of what we talk about when we talk about estate planning. Yes, but not only someone that you want to take care of, you also want to take care of yourself. So there's there's a certain amount of planning that you want to do to take care of you if you cannot take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And can you expand on that a little bit? Well, let's get back to incapacity. If you become incapacitated and you have some assets and and you need someone that will manage those assets for your benefit when you can no longer manage it and make sure that your intent of living some kind of reasonable life uh, will take place, then you need need to do that planning. And that's generally done with various documents you mentioned a living will that says don't plug me in that's part of it Mm -hmm. but also there's uh, durable powers of attorney someone that will make life and death decisions for you when you get to the point where decisions have to be made but you cannot make them so you pick someone to make those decisions for you also in the financial area You've accumulated a certain amount of wealth. Maybe you don't have any family or beneficiaries or something that someone that can take care of it for you. So it's up to you to decide who you want to take care of those assets and manage it and administer it for your benefit and take care of you the way you want to be taken care of. So if you do not plan properly and and you, you end up dying or becoming incapacitated uh, without planning, what would happen? Well, if you became incapacitated and you, someone needed to make decisions and there was no one to make them, you hadn't appointed someone, right. then there would be someone in the community that would step up to the plate and go to the courts and say, this man is now incapacitated, incompetent, he's, he can be taken advantage of, he's not, he needs somebody to take care of him. Right. And so they go to the guardianship court and ask for uh, for them to be appointed the guardian of their estate and possibly the guardian of their person. Oftentimes, this is family that does this. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, there's no family to do it or no family that really wants to step up to the plate to, to take care of uh, these affairs. Right. And so sometimes it'll be a, a county representative. Uh, the uh, guardianship commissioner's office will get involved and and they will petition the court for them to take over your financial affairs, and they will manage it, 
and take care of you the way they see that you should be taken care of. And this is only in the case that you actually have been declared incompetent, correct? Yes, generally with guardianships, a person is, is incompetent or very subject to uh, undue, undue influence or, or uh, people can take advantage of them. So if you have a question for Brian A. Lowe Associates, we're going to get back into the, uh, the area of uh, durable powers of attorney, guardianships when we return. Give us a call at 702-257-5396 if you have any questions about estate planning. We'll be back in just a moment with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates on Ask the Experts on AM 720 KDON. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates today. If you have a question for Brian about any of your estate planning uh, questions, give us a call at 702-257-5396 on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line. So we've done a brief overview of exactly what it is you do at Brian A. Lowe & Associates with regard to estate planning and all of the different aspects that are involved in that process. Um, So, you know, we've talked about, you know, you've, you've... You've decided to plan your estate. You've decided to draw up a living will. You've tried, decided to uh, organize your assets in such a way so that they continue beyond your lifetime. Um, one of the things that we've talked about over the, the past weeks are powers of attorney. And I think a lot of people are confused about the term power of attorney because you are an attorney. You are a lawyer. Uh, And a lot of people, when they start hearing the words power of attorney, I think they have this idea in their mind that you're granting the power over your assets to your lawyer. But that is not the case. That is not the case. What you're doing is you are granting certain powers to what's known as an attorney, in fact, Your attorney, in fact, can be your child, your spouse. They do not have to be an attorney at law. And so an attorney, in fact, can be anyone that you choose. But it's very important that you choose someone that you trust that will carry out your intent if they are needed. So we're talking about a legal term for someone who is your representative. That's what the word attorney means, correct? Attorney, in fact, is the person that will take care of you, yes. So, uh, in your experience, you've been here in town for 30 years doing this. What are the criteria by which you choose? I, I assume a lot of people go, oh, well, I'll just let my wife take care of that. But is there is there a better method or a correct method for choosing the correct power I mean, person who, ha- your attorney in fact? Well, the attorney in fact should be the one that you trust to carry out your intent. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be someone that you're just going to pick because they are your spouse or because they are your child or for some other reason. There should be some reason that you're going to pick this person because you're the one that's picking them to take care of you. You're right. taking care of yourself here. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, and it's, and it's good that you do this, that you also put in that attorney, in fact, that if there is a guardianship that has ever started and you have to get a guardianship going, then you should identify who you want to serve as that guardian, and generally the courts will go along with you. But here again, there's a lot of power that's given to these people to handle your affairs and your person and where you're going to live and what kind of life you're going to live. And so it's important that you give some serious thought to who you're going to appoint. 
Well, I mean, I know that uh, people will spend a lot of time, you mentioned this uh, off the air a few minutes ago, a lot of time uh, picking their financial planner, their investment counselor. They'll spend a lot of time looking for just the right doctor uh, for their kids. Um, but, and for themselves. And for themselves. Um, I, I guess this is on equal terms with that. It is. Who you choose will decide how you will live out your life or after you've after you're you're deceased what's going to happen to those assets that you've accumulated during a lifetime mm -hmm. and how those are going to be spent well give me some qualities that this person needs to possess all right you know when you're you're looking around your family you love every one of them you know and obviously you're, you're if you're married your spouse is someone extremely important to you that takes care of you on a daily basis what qualities does a person need in order to manage your financial affairs uh, during during a time of incapacity or after your death what kind of qualities they should understand the kinds of, of problems that people will have at that time for instance they will now be making decisions that will affect your family members. Mm -hmm. They will decide where you're going to live. They will decide what kind of benefits that you may be entitled to and w those benefits that they can, can get for, for and in your behalf. Right. They will make financial decisions. They may make the decisions to change your entire portfolio of stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever. They may end up selling all of your assets and liquidating them all. Mm-hmm. If necessary. If necessary. So oftentimes they will bring to the table their own ideas of how they think it should be done. And that may not, that may be in conflict with the way you feel it should be done. So right. you need to pick someone that is going to carry out your intent and that you feel comfortable in doing so. So. What we're talking about here uh, is estate planning and uh, attorneys, in fact, and guardians uh, with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. What we're talking about at this point is, as we've talked about over the past several weeks, when, we're, when you're talking about estate planning, you are expressing your wishes. You are giving yourself a voice at a time when your voice cannot be heard. Either you're incapacitated or you're, you've passed on. And so you need to make your wishes known. And you made a very valid point there. If you, if you decide to, you know, you let your brother, uh, who you've never really agreed with on anything, be the executor of your estate, and you don't give him any clear instructions, he might, like you say, bring his own ideas to the table. And oftentimes that's what happens. And also I, I think that it might be important uh, to consider um, – Honestly, you, you need somebody who's not only going to act according to your wishes, but who's going to stick to it and not be swayed by an emotional argument, especially in a very emotional time. You know, we're talking about a will here, and we're talking about a time when emotions are going to run high. Is that right? That is true. And also, there are other people in your, other individuals in your life, whether they're family members, uh, close family members, or, uh, you know, out a little further, heirs, that can um, they can see that your estate may end up going to someone else as a result of the the decisions made by an attorney in fact right for instance let's assume there is a joint tenancy account the surviving joint tenant is there and they will in fact get that that uh 
account mm-hmm. the minute you die because then it becomes theirs. Right. But the um, attorney, in fact, goes to that account specifically and starts spending it down for your benefit. Right. And so there are different individuals that will try to manipulate and try to overpower them and say, this is what you should do. And and the unhappy people generally find an attorney that'll take a case and maybe challenge their position in this this overall plan of yours. Which, you know, that is the whole point of the plan, is to stand up to contest, is to, that to, is correct. to make all of those things known, that this is how I would like things to progress, this is how I would like my assets to be managed, and this is the manner in which I would like that to happen, so that when, if, you know, if Cousin Larry comes up and goes, wait a minute, he promised me that 63 Oldsmobile back in 1965, there's something written down that says whether or not he's going to get it. Yes, and maybe you should say my 1963 Oldsmobile should not be sold if I become incompetent. Right. And they know that. And so that's not going to be the first thing that goes to provide funds for uh, to take care of you during your incompetence. So when you're choosing somebody to be your attorney, in fact, or is that the same thing as an executor? No, that attorney, in fact, is the person who is appointed in a durable power of attorney to take care of you mm-hmm. and your assets while you're still alive but not able to handle them yourself. An executor or personal representative is the person who takes those assets when you die mm-hmm. and administers them and ultimately distributes them either according to your will or according to the Nevada Revised Statutes. We're going to be talking a little more about planning your estate with Brian A. Lowe and Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian, give him a call on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian about your estate planning, call us today on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line at 702-257-5396. Brian, so we're talking about uh, granting uh, the power of attorney, in fact, uh, granting the power of executor uh, to someone in your life in the event of your incapacity or your uh, your death, uh, and we're talking about the qualities that that and that person that you need to to think about. Um, talk to us a little bit more about what happens in these situations and what what kind of person, what kind of uh, skills this person has to have, and what what they need to be ready for. Well, they should have people skills mm-hmm. because they have to deal with family members. That could be your spouse. Right. It could be a second spouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be a second spouse dealing with children from a prior marriage. Right. They're going to be dealing with a lot of family members, not only you, but with family members. And so it should be someone that is not going to alienate everyone and get everyone upset. For instance, in your will, you may spell out, I want that as you mentioned, that Oldsmobile to go to a certain individual upon your demise. And Mm -hmm. you've written it in your will, and there it is, right in your will. And now you have an attorney, in fact, that says, look, I need to to liquidate certain assets so that I have enough money to take care of the principal under this durable power of attorney. Right. So what they 
they do is they look at the assets and decide these are the ones that we're going to sell. Well, it may have a terrific effect on that beneficiary that was going to get that Oldsmobile. Right. So, uh, you've got to be strong enough to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. So, you need someone that can make good decisions. And then you need someone that's strong enough to carry out those decisions and work amicably with those who will be affected by those decisions. Well, in the in the event of talking about uh, in that, but not to get too sidetracked, there is there a a, a legal definition that uh, the um, like you say liquidating the ap- assets to take care of someone while they're alive trumps the 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 will. Is is there something that you can you know you know if you put it in your will, you wanted it to happen, but obviously you would want to be taken care of in case you're incapacitated. So how does that work? Well, the will doesn't really take effect until you die. Okay. That's a testamentary document. Mm-hmm. Your attorney, your durable power of attorney is a document that takes care of you while you're alive. And so oftentimes what people will do is they will transfer assets into a trust, mm-hmm. which now takes effect immediately upon the transfer into the trust. Right. And it, so in the trust, it may say, do not liquidate these assets. These assets are to go to no. a certain individual. Okay. So in this overall estate planning, you're trying to plan out what will and will not be done. Mm-hmm. Even with a durable power of attorney, we in, in my durable powers of attorney, I give the attorney, in fact, the right to create a trust okay. for and in behalf of, of that individual so that he can transfer those assets into a trust so they would not have to be overseen by a guardianship court. Right. And that works to avoid sometimes the probate process and the guardianship process. But oftentimes in those situations, the the ward or the the, the principal under the durable power of attorney is not participating in how those assets are going to be distributed upon their demise. So, you know, I, I would imagine that somebody who, in being named an executor or uh, an attorney, in fact, that, you know, it's an honor uh, because you're, you're, you've been trusted, but it's a huge responsibility as well. It is. And there's an old saying that says, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> and every uh, attorney, in fact, every personal representative Every trustee, every guardian doesn't realize that when they take over the job. They're going to do things that are going to make people unhappy. Right. And at the end of the day, you're going to say, was it worth the hassle? They may be honored by being chosen to be that individual, but the job can be a very difficult job and one that oftentimes is is not really appreciated. And I would imagine that uh, all of the preparation that that you as 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 an individual puts into your planning makes that person's job easier. So that the more that you the more that you say in these documents if you want to spare your spouse uh, some hardship in dealing with your you know your assets after your death the more planning the better, right? That is correct. That, and you've hit a good point there if if the client can see and an attorney will go through these scenarios with them. What if, what if, what if, and if you go through those and the client sees that these kinds of things can happen, then we can document what he really wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it's all, his intent is documented. And so we know how to administer 
it whether it's while he's alive or after he dies. And you know, uh, you know, we only die once, um, and. You know, we, we obviously don't know what that's like, but everybody has been on either very close to or on the fringes of a situation where there has been uh, uh, someone who passed away and then there is some sort of uh, discussion, at least, over how things are going to be distributed. You know, an uncle passes away and everybody wonders who gets what, basically. You know, after the grief is over, then they start wondering what's going to happen to grandma's quilts or, you know, whatever happens. Um, but I think the one of the important points in um, not just, you know, downloading a... a uh, fill in the blank will off the internet and go into someone like yourself is that you have seen this situation time and time again and you know exactly what's going to happen not exactly what's going to happen you know the many things that can happen that is true over the years you see just about everything there are occasionally th situations that arise that i haven't seen before but they're they're few and far between so we like to to um organize an estate plan around things that can happen and we don't want that an ill effect from that we, so we you, want to plan it correctly right you've seen the possibilities and you're able to you know like i say when when we're sitting down at the desk at brian a low and associates you're able to say well just like you said a minute ago what if this happens what if you need to liquidate that oldsmobile in order to take care of your hospital bills is is that something you would want and then that's something you put down on paper that is correct it, it was interesting this goes back probably 20 25 years ago there was a client who came in they moved in from indiana and they had a farm in indiana and in the the uh, client's will he said when i die i want my farm to go to my children he this was a second marriage that he was in when they moved here and he, w he had lost capacity. His will was there. He had a durable power of attorney that made his new spouse the, uh, the uh, attorney, in fact. And the children back in Indiana brought an action against his estate, and they took his farm away from him under the law of that state right. and they got the farm while he was still alive and he lived for another 20 years oh my here, gosh. almost in poverty because they had taken the farm away oh my goodness and that's a very interesting point that we talked about a few minutes ago when we were talking about somebody who acts for you in the case of your your incapacitation or your lack of competency i suppose there needs to be, you need to make some planning for who determines that because i suppose you could live and you know maybe not maybe it's not noticed or not not noticed but you know I, I've known a lot of people who just refuse to believe that someone's incompetent. They, yes, and and within the documents you want to spell out what incompetence means because when you're doing these documents, what you're doing is you are protecting yourself against yourself. Yes, because a lot of people don't know that you're becoming incompetent, and you yourself may not understand that you have already crossed the road. I mean, you are incompetent. When we return, we'll talk a little bit more about who to put in charge of your assets. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for us, give us a call at 702-257-5396. We'll be back in just a moment. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720. KDWN. 
Welcome back. I'm Brian Black. I'm speaking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian about your estate planning, give us a call on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line at 702-257-5396. And we're talking about granting somebody the power of attorney uh, in the case of your incapacity or, or, or death. And something that occurred to me just a minute ago is we were talking about the, requ- the qualities that person needs to have. Are there any legal requirements as to who can be an attorney, in fact, or an executor? Uh, there isn't any qualifications to be an attorney, in fact, mm-hmm. even though <clears throat> it may give a family member or someone that's unhappy with them acting as the attorney in fact, give them some argument that you should not be in that position. And so they want to be appointed the guardian to take their place. Right. And the courts would listen to that. And But to be a guardian or to be a personal representative or executor, yes, there are legal requirements. So and, like like... Uh, if your if your brother just got out of prison, can he be your uh, executor? There is a specific statute that says that a person who has a felony generally cannot be an executor of an estate. Interesting. And the same thing with a guardianship, because they don't want someone being appointed, and and now this person's going to use their old ways and defraud all the creditors and defraud the beneficiaries and and take everything themselves. And it's like you say, everything's subject to argument in the eyes of the law. I mean, so, you know, there's always there's always a way to, to appeal somebody's uh, decision as to who they're going to be. Is there a situation where you, you decide someone's going to be the executor of the, the estate and they end up not being that? Yes. Oftentimes people say, look, here's the will. Because there's a will and the person died, now we're going to carry out the terms of this will. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't realize that they have no power. Who's ever named in the will to be the executor is not the executor and does not have the powers of being an executor until they take that will to court through a probate right. and are appointed by the court. Now, the statutes spell out who cannot be an executor. Mm-hmm. And so they go through those those things that they cannot do. And, and if a person is eligible based upon the statute, generally the courts will appoint that person that was nominated by the, the client to be their executor. Now, is there ever a time when the uh, person who has been the attorney, in fact, during your life comes into conflict with the executor if they are, in fact, separate people? Is there an overlap there or did the person's, the attorney, in fact, do their powers end at your death and the executors begin? It does. At, at the death of the grantor of the power, the durable power of attorney is dies with them. Okay. So- and, and if you just put it into two columns what you have while you're alive and what you have after you die. What you have before you die and while you're alive can be controlled by your attorney in fact. But the minute you die, then it goes over to the probate estate if there are probatable assets. And so the named um, executor would then go to court, get appointed by the court, 
and then they are in control of those assets. Now, I would imagine that in many cases, the uh, person uh, with the durable power of attorney is also the executor. Oftentimes they are. If, if you trusted them to take care of you while you were alive and take care of those assets that you have while you're still alive for your benefit, then they generally think, well, they'll probably be the people that should do it after I die. And so they name the same individuals. Let me ask you this. So I, I give Brian A. Lowe and Associates a call. I call 702-259-0002. I make the appointment. We're sitting down together. Do I, and, and in this circumstance, I've decided that I want my wife to be my, uh, uh, my, my agent, my, my attorney, in fact. I want her to be my executor. Do I bring her with me and plan with them? Or is that is that is that kosher? Is that is that what you do? What what do you do? Generally, if in a marriage, because this is a community property state, mm-hmm. most of the assets are community property. Okay, they're probably assets that were accumulated by earnings or while they were married, and so everything's community property. So it's generally good to bring a spouse in when you're doing your planning, because it's going to affect what she owns also. Right. So, yes, it's good that you bring them in. Oftentimes when, when an attorney sees that there's an obvious conflict with, a, with the husband and the wife, they will get a, a document for both of them to sign saying that they, they um, are not going to hold the attorney responsible for any conflicts of interest between the two. But if an attorney sees that there is a definite conflict, we will generally recommend that each one and get their own counsel. Interesting, interesting. So, um, you know, when you're when you're when you're making this plan, and uh, you know, you're you're trying to decide, what do you have to say to the people who just say, "Well, I just want to leave everything to my wife." If that's really what they want to do, we will generally discuss who the who the children are. Uh, are there reasons? They want to give it all to the spouse. How do they want to give it all to the spouse? Do they want to give it all to the spouse in a trust that will take care of the spouse during her lifetime? And if there's anything left after she dies or he dies, then it will go to the children in some fashion. Or, I mean, they're just... (laughs) There are so many ways that you can do it. You just need to ferret out from the client what that individual client wants to do. And they may not really know what they want to do until we ask the questions and and bring up issues for them to consider. And then we document what they want to do. So it just, you know, it seems to me that a lot of what we're saying today, when we're talking about giving somebody the power of attorney, we're talking about making somebody the executor or even a beneficiary there, uh, even though you're trying to do the right thing, I mean, this is a stressful time and you're kind of giving people problems. You know, you're if somebody's your, your, um, your executor, you're giving them a bunch of problems to deal with. And if you decide to leave, a, you know, all of your estate to your wife with no plan of how to handle it, you're giving them some problems. And so it seems to me that what we've really been saying here is by planning this, you're trying to mitigate those problems before they happen. You mitigate just about all the problems and you document it and you document it in such a way that it's going to not be contested. And if it's not written right or it's not properly notarized or, or witnessed or whatever, it can cause some problems down the line. 
The person to talk to about this is Brian A. Lowe. Thank you for being on the show today, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Please call Brian A. Lowe and Associates if you have any questions. It is a free consultation. Call them right now at 702-259-0002 or visit them online at southernnevadalawyers.com. We'll be back next Monday with Ask the Experts on AM720 KDW.